I've been through hard times too. The situation demands I bring the hard rhymes through. That's why I'm all times too. Half past despicable, last man to bring it through. Fast rap to critical stack, analytical slap slap. I'm hitting you smack smack. I'm sticking you smack lips to stack tip all with the lyrical technique. If my right index finger were to sue the rest of my body for emancipation, much as maybe a 17-year-old would, some abusive and insufferable parents, I would not have a very good case for it to stay. Poor bastard. Two weeks ago, having a good time in the kitchen, as I'm wont to do, bashed my head into a cabinet door I'd left open, and, in a rage, slammed the cabinet shut, pinching a really good chunk of the inside flesh in there, giving myself a deep and profusely bleeding cut and losing quite a bit of skin, managed to treat it myself with my Costco first aid kit and resume drinking. Then, last Friday, no sooner is this poor bastard starting to scab over at the end, I'm in the bathroom taking selfies, that's what I was doing, and my favorite 7L and esoteric song, which is called Public Execution, comes on. Great time to try new dance steps where you do big reverse windmill motions with your arms. Hit it just under the knuckle, took off another massive chunk of skin. That's trying to heal under a Band-Aid and with some antibiotic ointment right now. So I've got uh, two scars now on my right index finger. One from joy, one from rage. They both bled. Welcome back to episode 52, I, I believe, of Breakup Gaming Society, home of America's least responsible board game podcast. I'm your host, the Colonel Hector Bravado. We got several things to look forward to today. Let me see, I wrote them down. We are going to revisit the Moonshine Margarita I tried my hand at during the last episode. This time, I paid more attention to some steps of preparation and less to others. I'm going to see if it has a different experience. You're going to find out along with me. Then we're going to talk about our initial impressions of a solo role-playing game called Dead Belt, um, where you play a, a scavenger in space trying to eke a living out of things you find in abandoned spaceships. It was made by the Drakes, uh, uh, Navi, Navi, and Sean Drake, a husband and wife role-playing game making team and I finally started playing it with a lot of help via Twitter messages from Sean. And I'm going to talk to you about that and, and, and what drew me to it and what makes me admire those people so much. Then we're going to have a track of the week. I haven't picked it out. Actually, I do have one picked out, but I'm second-guessing myself. But by the time we hit record for that segment, I will have it figured out. And before we go, we're going to hear an original Twitter poem from my pal uh, Jade Megazord whose cockeyed brilliance proves indispensable whenever I breeze my timeline. But first, let's play an ad for Justin Time Podcast. Two dudes, Justin, Carter, get on the, on the mic. And it, it's a lot like a lot of shows where two guys who are very thick-skinned with each other, in other, way, in other words, one of the things I, I liked about their show was the fact that they have some <laughs> pretty good, good-natured bickering. And and a pretty good handle on on snarky comebacks that kind of keeps you sticking around through whatever they're talking to, which can be talking about McDonald's, uh, reviewing a beer, which they do often, and and any 
of the many other topics they tackle, but they're witty and they have a good rapport. I like them. Maybe you'll like this ad. We were looking for a laid-back comedy show that covers current events, beer reviews, and movie reviews. We couldn't find one, so we made the damn thing ourselves. The Justin in Time Show. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And by the way, just a, a, a note of jealousy and admiration, being a small-time podcaster myself, their promo slots are really well-produced. You listen to the intro of the show, too. However, they, whoever they got to lay down that voiceover um, <laughs> and how they mixed it, looked really good. Anyway, that's just in time. We're going to get back into the Moonshine Margarita for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. So if you remember last week, I tried my hand at making a margarita modification that I got off the website of the Axe and the Oak Distillery who make Pikes Peak Hill Shine which is a, a refined sipping shine. It's a whiskey, and it's one of my favorite boozes of all times. And I thought, yeah, why don't we try, instead of just sipping and then shooting it all night, let's, let's mix it and see what happens. And last week I was underwhelmed with the results, not least of which because uh, it was like 19 degrees that night, and something about mixing chilled drinks on a 19-degree night just isn't going to work somehow. And I thought I'd try it again up, just, you know, shaking everything together and and serving it um, strained into a glass. And actually having it served up this time was a choice I forced myself into, as when I went into my freezer to get my ice, I realized that I had gotten mad at the previous bag of ice because it had betrayed me in some fashion, and I had thrown it into the driveway. So we we were definitely... Uh, trying it up. And this time I also watched my pours. It, I think it has all the same elements as your classic margarita, your you know, your triple sec or whatever orange liqueur you want, salt rim, uh, simple syrup, and, and fresh lime juice. Here's what I did this time is I made sure I got the recommended amount of fresh squeezed lime in there. What a difference. Now, clocking in around 104, 107 proof, that moonshine has a bite, which is one of the reasons I like sipping at it. That's the beginning of fiery seduction for me, but I found when I put a full ounce of fresh lime in there, the way that citrus masks the initial bite of the moonshine made it delicious and possibly lethal for a drinker who's not ready for it because I had a, I mixed myself a couple of them. Again, this time not shaking it or serving it over ice. Just uh, took took the the four or five elements, stirred them, poured them into a, a glass of salt, and my God, it was delicious. But I could see how under the the sparkle of that citrus burn, the waiting right hook from the moonshine is lingering there for you. Should you decide you're feeling too good and want to have a third or a fourth or a fifth, that's going to be the night you lose your job or your relationship or, in my case, half my right index finger. But yeah, that's the remix of the Moonshine Margarita. There's one more variation I want to try, and that is once we get a couple 70-degree days going, and I think there's one coming up in the 10-day forecast, 
which my soul yearns for. Once we do that, I think I'm going to skip the orange liqueur and next time try the lime side by side with um, some fresh squeezed orange juice instead and account for the missing liquor by adding, of course, more moonshine. How's that going to go? We'll uh, tally up the injuries when we get to that bridge. In the meantime, we're going to talk about a great game in just a few seconds. Game of the Week! Colonel Hector Bravado back for Game of the Week, where we are going to talk about Dead Belt, which is a solo role-playing game about being a scavenger in a zone full of wrecked starships, a scavenger born under the yoke of debt, who has to get out there, face a lot of ways to die, fewer ways to profit, and somehow get out of the game. And here's one thing about setting out to do a board game podcast and losing your board game group, which is actually the thing that makes the whole thing go. doesn't matter how many good games you have if there's no one to play them with. So, in a way, emotionally, I can relate to the belters. I have to navigate different landscape and find more hard-won pleasures with fewer dependencies, which is why I was drawn to a couple of Drake's work. Who are a couple of Drake's? It's a husband and wife team who makes indie tabletop role-playing games. A lot of people talk about Dungeons and Dragons, but there is a throng of funny, generous, clever, talented and industrious people making all kinds of things to play. You know what it reminds me of? I'm still, even though I listened to some of the music at the time, I'm going back and mining the music that sprung up on both sides of the pond around 1977. And I'm still wondering how it all happened at once. Gary Newman's Inventing New Wave. You have the the Clash, the Damned, the Sex Pistol-style punk rock, and right on their heels... The art punks, the fall, wire. In Ohio, I think, Per Ubu somehow springs out of what soil, I don't know. Devo? Then you have like the roots of hip-hop and techno all at the same time. And I'm looking at the TTRPG space and I'm seeing the same abandon, the same ethic, the same freewheeling all asses and elbows spirit of fun and experimentation do you know four chords fuck it let's go get a gig it's incredibly liberating so after a while of watching this lovely couple and reading about their games which by the way you can and should be buying at a couple of drakes spelled like it sounds dot itch dot io they're selling their games for a fraction of what they're worth. And I'm in this segment I'm gonna tell you why, because I just just reached out to them on Twitter. Because they were pals, and it's more fun to experience a game with pals, even digital ones, than it is just to bang through even my old favorite solo games by myself. And they recommended that I try Dead Belt. In Dead Belt you play one of five character classes in an who are economically disadvantaged Like I said before, born under the yoke of debt. And you have to get a basic starship, get out there, explore these ships, and run into 
lots of things such as the ship falling apart, your oxygen running out, meeting other uh, scavengers who don't want you there, space pirates, ghosts, etc., etc. There are lots of ways to lose your nut. And, um, boy, that was a bad phrase. Maybe I'll edit it out. Maybe I'll just go with it. So, I, But I played my first... I randomly selected a character after having bought their game for $10. And Sorry, here's another tangent. Think of all the things over the course of March, like dumb shit with almost no value that you're going to spend $10 on. Sometimes $10 doesn't even get you a combo at Burger King. But you can buy these people's sweat and blood and brains and heart for $10 and play it. It's a no-brainer. Support them. Couple of drakes.itch.io. Thank you. So back to Deadbilt. There are five character classes. I'm not good at looking at them and figuring out which one has a play style because my play style is experiment and screw up relentlessly until I finally start to figure stuff out. So I just rolled a die and I came up with a, a class called the Void Rat. Void Rats are basically space teens and... Uh, they get they get a ship and they get out there and you've got to explore wrecks and the wonderful thing about it is they make it so that you can with very few elements evoke this minatory world. Um, what do you need? Well, the, the PDF of the rules, which thank thank thankfully are searchable, um, a printed out character sheet, a deck of standard playing cards, two die little figurine if you want, and some markers. And speaking of salvage, being, I had to do some salvage myself because I had to walk into a section of my home, which I am not heeding and do not know what to do with yet, that's filled with dozens of dusty games. And I pillaged three or four of those for markers. So again, I can identify with the belters. Now, if you want to go and follow me on Twitter, that's at T, as in Tony, T1, Chief Rocka, R-O-C-K-A. I did a series of tweets where I sort of took pictures of what my character was doing. You roll up a ship and figure out what sort of um, oxygen equipment and wiles you have, and a, a little basic starter ship, and you get out there, and there are all kinds of ships you can encounter which are randomly generated and which are represented by pulls from a deck of cards. And you, depending on what kind of ship it is, a merchant freighter, a passenger ship, a military ship, the cards will lay out in different arrays. And you bust in there in an airlock and you have to start exploring. Now, if you live long enough, you might buy a few toys that'll help you explore this earlier, get out of debt, and quit the game. Which speaks very near to my heart. Because if there's anything I want to do, it's spend more time at play and less time trading my life to people and things I'm not interested in. And it's also just really remarkable how it's a commentary on, on what we do economically, risking more and more for less and less. Yet it's still escapist enough to where when I had it on the table, I was completely engrossed. And also... Another thing that helped me along when I got confused by the rules is that small creators are accessible and they're warm and they're human and they want you to understand and enjoy what they're doing on on Twitter. Uh, I follow both of them 
But uh, Sean, the husband of the two, patiently entertained all my daft rules questions while I flogged my way through a game, in which I luckily found a pretty big payday, got back, managed to pay interest on my debt, and even buy a little upgrade, which gives you just enough juice to get back out there again. Have you heard this story before? <laughs> so, um, yeah, scavenging in space, metaphorically, in gameplay, and as the way the Drakes have realized it. An absolute joy. And Chauncey, that's, the, that's what I called my, my, my void rat in some of my pillage. Chauncey is a poxwalker figurine from a Warhammer 40,000 set that I painted but never got to play with because the person I was going to play with I'm estranged from. But nonetheless, just like a belter, you fuse together whatever you got and you forge on. And... Oddly enough, find some joy along the way. So thank you, Drakes. And to all of you, whether or not you think you're a role-playing person or not, I didn't think I was, you owe it to yourself to investigate the work of these fine people. We're coming back with a little bit in Track of the Week. With Track of the Week. Thank you. Next, Darn. relax and take a seat, sit back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. It's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets, talk trash to the geeks, get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. One of the rules of thumb that I've developed in my middle age is that if you have to keep asking yourself something, sometimes that's your answer. Have you ever gone back and forth over something a million times in your head? And I don't know what to make of X. I don't know if I should do Y. If you have to keep asking, it means you, sh- you should table it. That's what happened this week. I just somehow seemed unable to pick a track of the week, and I kept waffling on this and that, which was my signal to give up the stick, let someone else drive. In this case, me and Manita, one of the few people in the world who I will trust to connect to a speaker and and do their playlist. Bitch has good taste. Because she's a Warren. But that's a long that's another that's a separate story. I, I gave her the, the track of the week and she picked, unsurprisingly, the Roots, a band which I sort of tracked the progress of, but never really listened to deeply. And uh you know, the stuff she plays while we listen to different genres, every time her stuff's on, it's always good. I never want to flee the room. I generally consider having to be in a room where I didn't pick the music as a form of violence. I'm not exaggerating this. I'm a very active listener. People who just put on any old trash in the background and expect me to stay there. I, I can't. I won't do it. I'm 52. The world's going sideways on fire. Music is the one thing that you can make sure goes right every day, where you can always get what you want and not accept anything less. So I was happy when... Ermanita picked um, a root song, and I'm like, "Sure, little sis, what what do you want? What do you want me to spin?" And she picked "Other Side," the song "Other Side" off the Roots album "Undone." U N D U N. In case you are unfamiliar with it, says she loves 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 the piano on this track, and having listened to it, usually I open a song by showing how the beat breaks and maybe the first few bars, but. This song makes a lot of sense with what I know about her because there's a lot of really, really good soul on her playlist. And this song has a lot of the same plangent warmth 
as as a good soul song. So instead of t- looking at bars or beats first, let's look at the chorus. Pretty, 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 pretty. And in a minute, you're going to hear that piano on the verse that she told me she liked so much. But I want to talk about Black Thought for a second, because, again, while my knowledge of the Roots discography is pretty limited, over the last 10-plus years, Black Thought keeps popping up on my radar in amazing ways. When you stumble across that cipher he did with Mighty Moe's and Eminem, uh, for the for the B, uh, for BET and that morning show where he uh, raps over a JID beat along with Method Man, who <laughs> Method Man, one of the legendary MCs alive, sitting there looking black thought that is looking inscrutable in a wide brim black fedora and smoked out glasses and just crushes it so hard and then him showing up on. One uh, a year old Drug, Drug track along with Makhami and LP and uh, the God Fahim. and then and hearing stuff from his recent uh, solo stuff and is it just me or does this guy manage to get better and better every time he's on a mic? What I like about his rhymes, not only his the confidence and the solidity of just you know the vocabulary the wordplay and his cadence, but he's just got one of those dudes who every line sounds like a diamond that's been crushed in his hands from coal by sheer force of will and into, into rhymed wisdom. Here's some. You might say I could be doing something positive. Humble heads down low and broke like promises. Soaking and broken in a joke like comics is. Not enough paper to be paying folks compliments. But when that paper got low, so did my tolerance. And it ain't no truth in it there without the consequence. Listen, if not for these hood inventions, I'll be just another kid from the block with no intention. And there you have it. Selections from and thoughts on The Other Side by The Roots. As prompted by my little sister. So what we're going to talk about now is a little bit of poetry. Twitter poetry, in fact. Over the winter, I made some cool friends on that platform. One of them was Jade Yu-Gi-Oh! Yugi Jade. Jade Megazord. I forgot what she's calling herself these days. But I loved when she'd show up on my timeline because I was kind of having a depressive winter and this person was if their self-reporting was accurate, was having a much tougher go of it than me, but would show up every day with this bizarre cheerfulness and indispensable cockeyed humor. And in my mind, a little bit of, you know, tossed off post here and there that put together sounded like a poem to me. So I reached out to her. I was like, Jade, can I read these couple tweets as a poem? And she was like, sure. So here we go. Untitled poem by Yugi Jade. That's uh, at... Uh, Lima 8, 0, Juliet 8, who apparently in their profile is still offering, if you send her pictures of your wiener, she'll rate it for a dollar. 
I'm not doing this to stir shit up. She still has it on her profile. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's still an active service. And I know, I know that all sounds like a joke, but apparently to, to hear her talk about it, she takes that activity uh, with a certain level of compassion. <laughs> and I guess if no one has looked at your wiener or mentioned it or touched it in a while, Jade's there for you. But in the meantime, here's an untitled poem by Jade, Yugi Jade, Megazord, person, Twitter, gal. Raytheon is proud to partner with Oscorp to present COVID-22, a new sickness developed by Disney's Marvel's Brian Michael Bendis. To recoup this costly development, we are offering tours to inner-city school kids. We put COVID-22 in spiders. Now here, the text pauses, and I must ask the reader to imagine a, a gif. I know it's supposed to be jif, but I won't say it because you should have spelled it with a J, like the peanut butter if you wanted people to say jif. You must picture a gif, a very queasy one, a close-up, a very close-up of a spider's face. The text goes on. Legos, Disney's, Marvel's, COVID-22, the building blocks of life. Coming soon, direct to Netflix. I want to thank all of my listeners. Uh, I want to thank my sister for recommending a cool song. I want to thank the Drakes for making a cool game. I want to thank Just In Time and uh, for being part of my podcasting family. And last and not least, thank you, <laughs> Jade, for always being a cheery person and a generally fun-loving type and letting us read your poem. That's the end of the episode. This is the Colonel Hector Bravado saying, may you fight long and well.